What's good, feisty kittens? Hope everything is well since last we chatted. Uh, how's it going? I'm just so glad that I was able to, um, like, pull up a, a chair, got my cup of joe ready today, and, uh, yeah, ready to sit back and get the combo started. So, uh, how are you? Like, how are things? You know, we always do that, like, oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I didn't get a chance to call. Oh, you called? Yeah, I meant to call you back but I was just so busy like isn't that like our favorite refrain like it is like definitely the fallback you can use it like for forever so I've been like looking I I was like kind of busy this week not super busy but I was kind of busy because that's kind of one of the things like when you truly enjoy what you do it's like it's a busy but it's like that productive frenzy so you know it feels good like now when you start getting overwhelmed then what do I say if you start feeling overwhelmed then you said yes where you really meant to say no somewhere and it's like so because it really should it's like it's not a natural balance but you know when it's something that you really want to do you do find the time to like squeeze it in so I'm glad that you found the time to squeeze in our combo today it's like yeah I'm looking at the leaves out it is like um getting very close to the end of the fall we've had some just crazy crazy weather especially all over the east coast of the U.S. like I'm just to prove that fall's like coming in like rah. so it's like you know the end of August September 23rd what it's like yeah Sunday fun day so sitting back and you know just really like I said got the uh, Java brewing I'm looking outside it's been really nice um this weekend but it looks like you know we're getting ready for that time for the the leaves to turn time to go rolling and you know uh, looking at the the fall leaves turning that crisp orange because that's one of the great things like you know I'm from Colorado, grew up in the wild, wild west, where we got those big hills up there they call the Rocky Mountains. So I use those a lot, especially when I'm talking about the bounce back, when I'm talking about resilience. I use the Rocky Mountains um, as a incredible metaphor for just life, you know, like, because you know how people, like, when you watch those, I'm not in any way like a rock climber or a mountain climber, like, you know, I'm a hiker sometimes, but you, you, you hear the confidence that I say that uh, I'm a hiker uh, when I'm like forced to get out so you know I do appreciate in taking in the nature I'm just not always trying to like jump out in it I like to view it from the car a lot of times but you know so that's kind of the thing it's like I look at the mountains they they symbolize a lot of what we can see in life is like our challenges and if you look at the skyline very much the ups downs and in-betweens of life like those little crevices those cracks the sometimes you get a foothold Sometimes you got to struggle to get a foothold. Sometimes you just got to wait in one spot for a minute and pull in like all your patience. So I do. And so if I am constantly like if you just get tired of the mountain references, what? Then, you know, by all means, please leave a comment. But, you know, I, I like I said, I do use those a lot. And it's one of the things I'm really proud of being from the Wild West. I always say I'm from the Wild Wild West. I shoot straight from the hip. And what you see is what you get. And it's like it is one of the things I love the Wild 
open spaces um, to me is always symbolized like wide open mindsets. And it's that kind of point of pride that I take about being from the West because like here it was like the gold rush, like in the 1800s. So that to me, I was fascinated with growing up. Like it's, it's like now it's a little more crowded. Yes. Denver has a boom. Oh, you haven't heard about it? Hmm. Well, we do. But at one time, Denver had these beautiful, wide open spaces in between, like everything. So, um, when I, I, I admit it, I was a fan of the Laura Ingle Wilder's, um, books. All of them. I read the entire set multiple times. Um, I, I always read and pictured myself as the characters or like I was one of their friends and I was going through the things with them. So reading Laura Ingalls Wilder growing up, like I always ask my mom, like, dude, can we make a log cabin? Well, my mom's not having it. So I made a few log cabins, um, you know, out of the popsicle sticks. You remember those little dioramas that we used to have to do in school? Yeah. Okay. So plenty of those type of log cabins. But I always admired that spirit that people would just pack up, throw things in a wagon, like literally what they could carry that was the most important to them and literally just trek out be like, all right, let's see what happens. It's like, let's seek our fortune out here. It's like, so that takes a tremendous amount of courage. So, like, I was pretty impressed with that as a kid. I love, like, the way they always brave stuff. The kids, I love, like, um, sorghum candy. Like, you know, like, I was just fascinated with all of it. I've always been fascinated, of course, with those, like, strong women characters that, like, handled shit. Like, uh, Pippi Longstocking. Like, her dad, like, went off, um, just sailing away. Pippi stayed home. She was running everything. It was like Pippi a horse and like a monkey yeah and she had like a chest full of cash so like Pippi was holding it down she was over there with Annika and her brother like trying to keep them focused it's like Pippi was doing a lot and we were like nine it's like Peter Thatcher you know Fudge the adventures of Fudge Ramona like I love those kids that like had to think and like kind of well okay what do, what do we do next they weren't just like the average kids so I always admired that adventurous spirit so it for me there's gold in those hills. It's kind of like the way I look at the personal development, um, like the growth trajectory, because it isn't a straight path. Don't let anybody fool you into believing that. It's not a straight path. There's some ups, some downs. There's some in-betweens. You'll take three steps forward and then six steps back. And you'd be like, what the? It's like, yeah, it's part of the process. So it's like you learn how to navigate because what I found is like you'll come across the same type of issues or when you have certain what I call soul growth areas that you have to work on you'll come across certain situations like if you've ever been in that like what like I swear I've been through this in in a very similar way it might have been like at a different job or in a different relationship or with a different family member but like you know it's how you'll go it's almost like you've had the same type of things happen over and over so I always kind of like gently nudge um, people to look at those like okay that's kind of the soul growth things but each time if you'll notice you'll kind of evolve there's a revolution there so as you spiral through the next time you encounter that situation Ideally, you're going to pull what you learned from the last time and the previous, and you're going to use that to apply to how you make your decisions or how you interact. So ideally, you're, like I said, you're spiraling up each time you have to encounter the same type of issues in your life over and over till eventually, ideally, they either become where you've um, rectified or dissolved those, or they have become um, something where you've incorporated into your life in a way where they're not sticking out as issues, you know, or they've been eliminated completely. So 
that's kind of one of the things. But I always talk about impersonal development. We're so excited about going outside. We love the books. We love the classes and the programs. And it's like, and we love all of that. It's like, but I always encourage, it's like your main, like, core like your core tool is literally digging deep within. And so it's like, and I look at, because we all know like, well, we don't all know, but like I should, I see the world in a way that from within what we're going through within is what we experience in our outside world. And like I said, that's those environments, the situations, the people that come into our life or that we move through that um, are there to, what is it? A lesson, a blessing, or like, you know, there's something like people, People are crossing your path for a reason. And even if it's just to get you to look internally. So I'm fascinated by that. It's what I work with the most with people because it is um, a lot of times, especially like in the, when I'm working with people that are like micro entrepreneurs that are startups, they're people that are the creatives because we're used to just thinking off the fly. But it's like, a, and, and I think that are, are a little more aware than, than most, especially on the creative side, because because we are a little more in tune with and work with our emotions a little bit more and have to examine them a little bit more in just the creative process. But um, it's always interesting to go within and to kind of look at the journey Um I always say from from the perspective of the feet on the path. And so that's kind of what I'm like excited. I'm going to uh, talk a little bit about today. There's a quote that um, I wanted to share with you. You know, my pop culture uh, fan, like just fanaticism. And so, and my favorite online couple, the... It's the tweet of the week. So this week's tweet, the tweet of the week, and it is, I'll tell you in a minute who it's by. Let me go ahead and give you the uh, quote first. It is, quote, I'd rather someone give me insight than to excite me. People always try to get you excited so they can manipulate you. They will have the insight and not share it with you exposure is key no that's in quote the the emphasis as well as the tweet is by none other than yeezy kanye west so it's not only um a little profound on kanye's part but it's also this week's tweet of the week so tune in and i'm going to give you a little bit of my insight on kanye's wisdom So I thought this was incredibly astute um, and um, again paying attention to those words that are emphasized um, excite and um, insight and so if you think about especially online if you're marketing your product or service if you are someone that's being marketed to on a continual basis when you're online you'll know that the, but if you've been online for any amount of time and your job is to catch people's attention 
attention, then you know that you've got to be exciting in the way you present things. It's like you hear that all the time about presentation. You want to grab the reader's attention, hook the reader, hook the audience. You know, so like, you know, there's so much of a focus all day, every day. And how do I package the information in a way that is exciting? And so that's kind of the thing, because like when people try to figure out like what it is that I do and a great deal of the capacity of what I'm doing is giving people insight based on what I've seen, what I know, what I've experienced, what I'm seeing online taking place and giving people insight into um, how they can maybe tweak or do things in a different way to get the results that they want based on, you know, what I'm seeing out there. So I might tell somebody, well, you know, what I'm seeing in this particular industry that seems to be working that I'm not seeing in your industry and you might want to try is, you know, try to um, reach your audience in this way. There's, I'm trying, uh, a perfect example I talk about a lot. Back in 2008, I was working for a company um, where it was a um, solo business owner. Um, she was flying like all over the country delivering these day-long seminars and then trying to fly back at a small kid. And I suggested, you know, like, well, what I'm seeing right now that's really working in my industry, and I was working with like artists and creatives and it's when like MySpace and Friendster was still like kind of big. So I'm saying, you know, what I'm seeing in my industry and the way that I'm able to deliver to my um, clients and people that I'm working with is through video. And so, you know, I was telling you about YouTube and ways that she could package and deliver her content. And it was soundly rejected. You know, like this is someone who knew their business very, very well, but did not understand the Internet, the technology, how that technology, how it was changing so rapidly and how it could actually be used um, in what she was doing. So I just find that it's really interesting in this tweet, again, going back over that excite and um, giving insight. So as you're like connecting and communicating with people throughout the day, whether it's online or offline, it's like um, when you are um, communicating, when you're conversating, it's like, what's the insights? Are you, are you open to the insights that are coming at you as you're talking? Are you giving insights into what you're saying? Or is it more that you're packaging your content to excite as you deliver? And that's one of the things because it's like... Um I see even like in personal growth, um, it's, it's the joke like in the personal growth industry at the beginning of the year, everyone runs out New Year's Eve resolution, oh I'm going to go get that gym membership, and like literally by the end of the summer, it's dusty, how many times have we used it, it's because we all, even with dieting, everybody knows what to do for a diet or how to lose weight, but it's literally in the way that, um, so it's common sense that has to be kind of packaged up in an exciting way to make people interested in enough to, um, to, to receive it. And that's the thing. But sometimes it's like, sometimes like, you know, how I am about the food for thought. And it's like, so, um, as we're out in the world and trying to excite people, how open are we and how receiving, accepting, and willing are we to receive insight when someone says, Hey, you know, I'm, the way that I'm seeing this is from my perspective on the outside I don't think this is a good idea. This is the way that you can do it in a different way. Or have you ever considered? And if you're just so focused on needing to be excited in order to buy into an idea, then um, or where could you potentially be missing the insight? And so that's kind of like this week's kind of deep for God, Sunday's wisdom. As you're moving throughout the day, throughout the rest of the week, um, kind of tune in a little bit.
chill if you will and just ride this mental with me for a little bit because like I said I got a little epiphany just as I was reading through it and listening to it and um and like I said and where the emphasis was so if you're talking about as he said I'd rather someone give me insight than to excite me so insight causing me to go within is something on an internal level causing me to look within or to seek within to get those answers as opposed to something that excites me it's an external thing it's on the outside it's an outside stimulant or something that from the outside has to grab my attention so and then as he says that he's like people always try to get you excited so they can manipulate you because what happens when you're excited it's like you get that blood rush you get that flush but there are certain parts of the brain that are cut off your your critical thinking skills aren't always right on point they're not the sharpest because that excitement is taking over that adrenaline is taking over so if you're really excited about the idea it's very easy to manipulate you or steer you towards buying into that that idea because you've already convinced yourself the more excited you get about it the more you convince yourself that you absolutely have to have it must participate need to buy in whatever the situation is so you're excited about it but seeing as opposed to like me the sour sallies like me misters yes it's like where I'm coming in and it's like so as he says they have the insight and they won't share it with you and that's like where sometimes people might see that you're excited about it it's where I think the used cars salesman gets like that bad rap or like that whole sleazy salesman um, kind of stereotype because salesmen have the tendency to try to over talk you try to override you that first hesitation when we go, when they say, well, I don't know if this is for me. And a, t- a salesman is trained to go in for that and go, ah, nah, nah, and to meet and beat all objections. So that's great for a salesperson, but for someone who needs to make a clear and logical a decision that might affect themselves, their future, their families, then it's more important to get the insight that, or it could be more important in that situation to get the insight you need than to to just be excited about the idea and it's like in really understanding and taking into accountability what is actually needed and wanted by the person or the customer and not just what you're trying to sell them and really uh, paying attention to that 
because and I always say that, you know, it's like I'm not a killer closer because I very much approach in all of my interactions. I assume that I'm dealing with adults. And so I do kind of step back like I'll give you all of the insight you need, some ideas that will excite. But I do expect adults at the end of the day to make a conscious decision or to make a conscious choice. So I'm not really a hard seller, a hard closer. I figure when you're finally tired of the way your things are going, then you'll contact me and, hey, we'll work on fixing it. It's like, but I don't do that a hard sale. I kind of, um, even with the follow-up, it's kind of like a nice, it's a gentle touch, but I'm not going to push grown people into doing something that they know is could be in their best interest, you know? But it's like, so... But sometimes that excitement about the idea can manipulate you into not paying attention to some insights that um, maybe um, you'd missed out on. Insight as in turning within, mulling it over a little bit, um, asking yourself some of the hard questions, but really being willing to be, uh, as he says that last sentence, very key, he says exposure is key. Emphasis on exposure. And I think that not only in exposure as in being very forthright and in, um, forthcoming with your insight and the way you see, because that's one of the, I think that um, my strengths um, in what I do, and especially in the consulting and advising, is because I am not limited to one industry or one field. So I'm looking at how everything is fitting together. So I do, and I am able to bring insights from different industries and see how it can be applied like practical real world application in a way that can make a huge difference. It's like, but that also requires not only the willingness to be exposed to all types of new ideas, but also a willingness to be open and allow myself to be exposed to new ideas and new ways of doing things and ways that I haven't done it before. And I think that we see that a lot. Well, in marketing, well, you're supposed to do it this way. The influencers say it has to be done that way. And it's like, and that where we can sometimes get caught up. So I was asked a little bit about some of my insights into influencer marketing. And so um, kind of that, I love when I get those questions. So what is this here influencer marketing? Is this something that our brand should be using? Because we keep hearing that we should have already been on this bandwagon. And so that's kind of one of the things I caution people, pump your brakes, pump your brakes. It's like, so, it, you know, I go back to that. It's like really understanding if you refine like what your content strategy is, if you refine uh, what your brand and the strategy is, then there shouldn't be that much confusion. What? Probably because you haven't worked with me. That's what it is. But that's what it is. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like it's an in inside and out process you know and it's like so for me with the influencer marketing it's a it's an interesting question it's something that I've been looking into um, and and definitely paying attention to over the past couple of years and looking into for myself recently especially with uh, like with the show the introduction of the listener support yeah so you know if you're really happy about the show you can definitely support it in that way uh, looking at some pantheon options but influencer marketing, um, if you don't know, it's definitely a way 
If you're on the marketer side, um, it's a good way to share products and services um, with your audience, uh, with your readers, uh, with their, your listeners, if you have a podcast or if you have a blog. Um, with your, um, but if you are trying to get the word out about a product or service that you enjoy, that you believe that your audience or um, listeners would really joy, uh, enjoy and could benefit from, then you wish what I call sharing the good news. Because that's what marketing is. Marketing is sharing the good news about how a product or service and how it can help somebody, how it can change their life. That's all it is. And it's like, so, but how sharing that good news with your audience in a way that as they purchase or show interest in that product or service, you make a little commission on the back end of that. You might be paid directly outright. You might be paid a percentage of sales or um, get paid like per lead. There's a number of different ways and different revenue options, but all of them are, again, multiple income streams. Uh, options that I'm always uh, talking about for uh, people that I work with, especially if you're a micro entrepreneur, you're online, you do not have to limit yourself to just one thing, especially if you're good at stuff, you're a graphics person, but you happen to have a product that's in developing, okay, like, yeah, well, I do WordPress things, but that doesn't mean you're not a great graphic artist, and there's still avenues out there where you can get paid for doing that while you're also doing the other stuff. Come on, people, it's multitasking, so it's a lot about... a lot of the insight that I share. And so when it comes to the influencer marketing, it's one thing that because of the topics that I talk about, because a lot of this show when I first started was for Arsis. It was literally like, okay, like I'm a over 40 empty nester kind of starting all over again. Like all the wisdom and insight that I've gained over the past four plus decades, but also at the same time, that fresh, new, adventurous, exciting feeling about like no responsibilities, no kids, no schedules, but my own. It's like, you know, and really excited about starting a new venture and, and, and pushing my own limits. So with all of that, um, you know, and a lot of the ups, downs, and in-betweens of that. So it, along with all of that, I was hesitant about looking for sponsors or even opening those type of talks because I did not want to be censored in what I could say. I did not. Um, you see all of the stuff going on. You see companies like Uber and Coca-Cola. So, And even with uh, Mr. Um, Mr. Mars uh, landing, it's like even with uh, Elon, it's like look at how the investors kind of got a little shaky because he took a toke of the peace pipe on Joe Rogan's show. And so it caused like a little, everyone was a little a flutter there. And so like that was something I wanted to avoid. I wanted to just speak because I do speak a lot about the tech industry. I speak a lot about the things that I see that are not always customer or consumer experience friendly. So I did not want to be limited in that. But there are other ways. I've looked at a few companies. I'm signed up with a few. And so um, for me, I have like my own kind of um, guidelines, you know, like if I would not actually use the product or service myself, then I don't really promote it. I'm not interested in promoting it. So that's kind of, you know, for me, what I've looked at, looking at some of the ways the pay structures, the way things are um, structured. And so I had a conversation um, over the weekend and also just it dovetail perfectly. Tell you people that's how the universe works. But um, I had a situation where um was applying for uh, with a brand uh, company uh, to be a brand ambassador is what they call them now. And it's because you really are like representing, you're being an ambassador for this product of this service and how cool it would be for your audience or your readers or followers to know about it. And it's like, so this particular product um 
It was actually interesting to me on a personal level. If you notice and if you followed me for any number of time, if you know me in my personal life, like I go through headphones like a mofo. It's like I have spent um, an inordinate amount of money uh, like on headphones to just get like that perfect one. And there's never like there's always something wrong with them. It's like I have the over the ear ones, but they don't fit right or they'll drop a thousand times and the little band breaks. I know like everyone's huge fans of the beats. I used to love the beats. But the studio beats were way too heavy for my neck And I wear my headphones a great deal of the day So I needed something I had so many like check boxes that need to be checked off Comfort and style And they gotta be cute But they have to feel good They have to be able to to wear them for long periods of time Earbuds, they cause the inside of my ear to itch If I wear them too long So it's just, yes, I'm picky people There's a lot going on here with me Okay, okay So uh, so I'm very picky If you remember I should the pink headphones that I used to like swag all the time for a while. Like I was an unofficial and unpaid a brand ambassador for these streets headphones. And they were actually um, pushed or I, I believe they were made by like 50 cent. And they were kind of put out as a competition to the Beats at the time. This is before Beats went to Apple. And I got a pair of these headphones and they actually like price wise, they were the exact same cost as the Beats. But I got these headphones and I tell you, I could not let go. Um, there were, it, they literally checked every single box that I had been looking for. There was this padded reinforced head, um, band part that like literally had a nice little pad in it. I dropped these headphones like 10,000 times trying to get grandkids in and out of the car, trying to go through like all kinds of messiness. I dropped them all over the place. I even dropped them in water. Um, did not have problems with them. Like they worked every time. The only reason I stopped using these beats, yeah, because I actually still have these headphones. The only reason I stopped using these headphones is because they discontinued them. And I ran uh, the cord that I had at, what is it with these headphones? I want to ask like bead streets, all of you, like, what is the deal with this little cord here? But the cord like kind of shorted out on mine. I would have had to get a replacement cord. It ended up being like a long hassle and everything. I ended up not doing it and just fell on in and got another pair of headphones but I was like this very loud and again like I said unpaid ambassador for these headphones because they were awesome they fit like I said all the boxes the people that I was coming in contact with that I was interacting with the people that I know graphics people gamers people that are uh, like constantly like connected you know and connected to their devices people who are editing they need to hear things so like headphones are really important they're not just fashion accessories to the crowd that I deal with so and the crowd that I run around with so this these like I could not stop screaming from the rooftops about how awesome they were and it's like so it's it's awesome to be able to find a product that you truly feel that way about and to be able to share that with people and so that's why I do when I'm talking about um, doing being a brand ambassador or um, in, using your influence in that way I do encourage people um, to contact brands that they use that they love that they can't do without and volunteer or offer to be a uh, brand ambassador in some way. And so, and I know that a lot of times on the uh, brand side or on the product side, they're told like there's all these guidelines as well. And you want these influencers that are like so cool. They're the next Paris Hilton. They're the next Kim Kardashian in their industry. And it's like, you know, so they, they promise like all these cool people with thousands of followers. And it's like in those, depending on your brand, your product, how do you want to get things out there? And also what your um, overall strategy is, you might 
also, as you're checking out those boxes, want to some of that insight, like we were talking about earlier, you might want to also explore other avenues as well. Um, in this particular instance, over the weekend, I was actually turned down for a campaign. <gasps> Can you believe it? And one of the reasons being that I did not have a large following and uh, on my social media, on my Instagram. And so, you know, you guys know that I've talked about this a lot. My Instagram following is actually incredibly organic. Like, I don't really believe in all those like bots and automated followers and all that stuff. And those work well for the people who run those type of businesses, but they don't always work well for um, you if you're trying to build your business, if you're trying to sell a product. Um, and like for me, because I'm actually doing a, a, acting in a consulting or advisory role. And so just having a bunch of followers that aren't necessarily interested in what I do or how I could help, like it does not necessarily benefit me depending on what the particular situation is. And um, especially with uh, like my Instagram, I'm going, I'm sharing like products and services and accounts that I feel would actually benefit or help my uh, audience get ahead to handle those ups, downs and in-betweens of life. So if I don't feel like it's going to be something that is going to benefit or that they can actually utilize, then I'm not going to share it. But because I have such a small and highly engaged and interactive audience, I love you people. But because everyone's so engaged, I have found that when I do mention things, it does get a good response. So sometimes... Um, take that as a little insight if you are a brand and you're trying to build um you don't always have to follow the tried and true try things a little different tweak things a little bit to see how it works the best for your product your service or your campaign and so i say that a lot on both ends but just looking at some of those insights it doesn't necessarily have to be a large following because it's like it's not necessarily the quantity but the quality you could have an influencer who has a smaller responsive list whose um audience might actually actually be exactly what that audience is looking for as opposed to a larger pond where there might be a few that are in there but maybe you didn't catch their attention with that particular campaign it was hit or miss you never know so just keep that insight in mind as you're you're swimming through the world of influencer and influencer marketing and I will also put some resources up in the Facebook group um, some of my favorite um, um, influencer uh, companies that I've seen that that does that do work don't worry people if you're just getting started you're just starting out you want to figure out how to do this influencer thing i will get put some links in the resources uh box in the facebook page coffee and convos with courtney uh podcast on facebook and i'll just make sure i put some links in there for some influencer um companies that you might want to check out if you have a smaller following or if you're just getting started or you just want to know a little bit about this influencer marketing thing so yeah so stay tuned so that's a little bit about you know because if you think about it, you're influencing throughout the day. When you're talking about people, if someone mentions a product and you kind of make a face, mm, that's kind of not an endorsement for it, whether it's conscious or not. So, you know, hey, why not get paid for your influence? Why not get paid for your opinions? Yeah. 
one of the best ways that I've found to really um, wield a little influence with your audience, with your market, within your market, is to really stay top of mind. And one of the best ways to do that is to stay in front of your audience or your customers with your content on a regular and frequent basis. And so, you know, I get it. A lot of times with, with creatives, with whether bloggers, uh, micro entrepreneurs, they might say, you know, I cannot afford to outsource um, my my social media. I might not be able to do that. But how do you keep that content out there and, and keep the uh, your, your, your topic in front of your audience, even while you're trying to build and work on your business? And so one of the things that I've found, a lifesaver, is Crowdfire. And it's one of the things I talk about a lot when I'm talking about the automation. We know the content is important, your content strategy, it's what represents your brand online is your content, but automating it, getting it in a frequent and regular basis in front of your audience is really what's important in order to be able to wield that influence. So I want to tell you about my secret weapon, Crowdfire. It's a social media management platform and it's used by brands, businesses, agencies, and individuals all over the world to help drive social media engagement and growth. And it's packed in features like this is the thing that sells it for me. It's like from content publishing to content curation to even working with your customer service and your engagement, it's all in one place and at a competitive price. Yeah, it's like it's soft on the pockets. Crowdfire is simple to understand. It helps you save tons of time. And it has a host of features in a single place. It's the perfect tool to grow and manage your social accounts in just a minimal amount of time a day. Yes. And it not only what I really like about it is not only can I curate content and because, you know, that's my thing on Twitter. Not only can I curate content that I think that my audience will really, really find valuable, but it also lets me schedule posts that I've created, track conversations that are going on about my industry, about my topic, about my business, and also to measure my performance all from a single dashboard and at a competitive price. So um, if you want to stay right in front of your audience, you want to stay top of mind, but you don't have the time to do that every single day, check out Crowdfire. You'll be glad you did. Whoa, would you look at the time, feisty kittens? I can't believe it. I've had such a great time and the convo has been awesome. It's like, yeah, we um, we hopefully had some good food for thought today. Talked a little bit about um, being an influencer, not only in our day-to-day lives, but also in the world around us. Um, looking at um, how it's not necessary to be excited by a new idea and how sometimes that just turning within, taking a little bit of an inward glance, um, being willing to be open to and receiving of insight can sometimes help us find the best gold. Took a little walk down 
1970s memory lane and the power of perseverance, resilience, and really just fearless courageousness in stepping out into the unknown, whether that's in your day-to-day life, whether that's in the online digital space or in building the business or life of your dreams. So um, I just want you to remember that you are always an influencer. When you interact with people, the way you say hello to people, the way that you move through the world, the way you handle your business, you are always influencing. So um, just remember that whether it's an audience of one or an audience of one million, you actually make a difference. So go out in the world and act like you do. So this week, keep that in mind. Remember that food for thought. Where can I be more insightful? Where can I turn within to dig for the best gold and then to push it out into the world and share it with others, whether that's in um, automating or sharing your content, whether that's in literally being hands-on in the way that you day-to-day try and make the world a better place. And it's like, so... I just wanted to remind you, you're listening to On the Table with Courtney Jones, dealing with the ups, downs, and in-betweens of living life and building a business in the digital space. So uh, I just wanted you to remember, until we speak again, I am Courtney Jones, and you are awesome. So until next time, go be it. Peace.